0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message.
1: This last uh, Tuesday night, I was um, at a dinner here With our our legacy group. And um, our legacy ministry is uh, the group of people that, how would I word this? Uh, They're not as young as they used to be. And uh, you can you can kind of if you if you kind of feel like oh, that that may be a crowd I, I would fit with I'll tell you this about that crowd we were there at the dinner Tuesday night I would tell you this about that crowd uh, they are a uh, they're a rowdy bunch they're they're no way they're no no way are they slowing down uh, they're kingdom minded they are uh, an um, important part of the ministry around here, amen, and uh, we love it I mean they're they're fun so uh, if you're in that. Uh, that, that phase of life where uh, you would maybe come check that out. Uh, they meet weekly and they have a table set up out there. All the legacy uh, people have their legacy t-shirts on today and so I encourage you to check that out uh, at some point, maybe when the service concludes. Uh, I do want to greet uh, our, our campuses now uh, here at Curry Ford. Can we make welcome our Red Bug Lake and our Mission Street campuses? Yes. Uh, so glad that you are tuning in and I'm going to start this message, and then the campus pastors are going to pick it up a little bit, a little bit halfway through the message. But so glad for what God is doing at our campuses, and also if you're joining us on a screen somewhere else, so glad to have you as well as part of this service. You can you can be a part of all the aspects. Uh, of this service and we ask you to lean in right now as we get ready to go into God's word. God's gonna speak to you and we do look forward for when you can be here with us in person because it's not just about uh, maybe worshiping and uh, maybe hearing a word, but also we gain something from each other when we come together, right? Like, yeah, there's something to be said about that too. The encouragement that we get from one another, that's what the church is and so we do look forward when you can be with us here in person. And um, I wanna give an update, over the last couple of weeks, they have been a special uh, two-week window for us, pivotal for us as a church. Missions Week, of course, uh, concluded last Sunday morning. I wanna give you a report of that and say a big thank you. Here's, uh, as we get, look back on, on Missions Week, uh, we saw uh, like $630,000 committed towards missions over these next 12 months. Come on, give yourselves a hand, isn't that awesome? And we know that more commitments are still to come. As a matter of fact, maybe you weren't here last Sunday. Maybe you were here the Sunday before we launched it and uh, we, we passed out those cards. And maybe you weren't here last Sunday uh, to turn in a, a commitment card. You can still do that today. Uh, if you want to be a part of, of this ongoing uh, outreach to the world, which, by the way, church, that's just part of what we are. Faith Assembly, we are we are always going to be uh, caring about what God cares about. We're always going to be a part of reaching the lost, not just here in this city, but around the world. It's part of our spiritual DNA around here. And so uh, if, if you would have been praying about being a part of that, you can still uh, make a commitment uh, towards a, a, maybe a monthly financial um, offering that would not go to the church, it would go through the church to our uh, well over a thousand missionaries and ministries around the world. Uh, we're believing that number is going to go to 1,350 uh, over this next uh, calendar year. Amen. Uh, but anyway, you can be a part of that. That QR code's up there on the screen. And if you want to take a picture of that QR code and uh, be a part of that. If you have not yet turned in a commitment, you can do that as well. And then not only do we believe in reaching the, uh, the world, we also believe in reaching in locally uh, our, our city. And so as we, we, we celebrated already, reached Thanksgiving yesterday. It was so incredible. And when I walked through uh, that outreach yesterday, I was just again so thankful, so overwhelmed with our volunteers. And to see the smiles on their faces and the way that they were serving, man, it was just incredible, just looked like Jesus. Everybody just looked like Jesus out there. And so I wanna say thank you to all of our volunteers that served, Pastor Cody, for putting that together. One more time, can we just say thank you for all of that? It was incredible. And um, we're getting ready to pray in just a moment. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you want to go in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, our, our um, sermon notes are on our app, our Faith Assembly app, or uh, you can look at it on the Bible app as well. But um, I'm going to read from there in just a moment. But before we do, um, we're going to pray uh, in just a moment after we read this passage of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses, uh, let's, well, let's just read verse 18. Let's just read the end of verse 18 only first, all right? Here's what First Thessalonians 5, the end of verse 18 says. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me just read that again. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, don't, don't go back and start reading before those verses where it said, we'll get to that in a moment. Don't cheat. Don't cheat ahead. But anytime in time in the Bible it says, for this is God's will for you, that should get our attention. Um, and and uh, so, so we're going to look at what God's will. The title of my message today is God's will for you. God's will for you. And as we pray in just a moment, we're also going to pray uh, for Norman Norm Eggleston, he's in the hospital. We're going to pray for anybody who's in need of, of healing uh, today also. And um, we, we're going to pray specifically for Elisa Edwards. Um, she is, uh, her and Tom are just incredible members of our church. And she is uh, really facing a, a very serious battle, needs a real miracle. Uh, thankfully, we serve a miracle-working God. I am believing for a complete healing in her body, and uh, I want you to believe that with us as we pray for them. Will you pray with us? Lord, thank you, for, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your promise, Lord, that you are a God that heals. We pray, we come together, link our faith across campuses, Across screens uh, all over the world probably, God, we just pray right now for Norm and we pray healing on his body that you'd raise him up. Lord, I pray for Elisa and I pray for a manifest miracle in her life in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would do so much that doctors would be just amazed and confounded as to what would be the explanation for such a turnaround, such a healing, and we just curse every diagnosis every attack on her body. In Jesus' name, we agree together for that and pray complete healing. Lord, I pray healing on anyone who's here today who's in need of healing, who is uh, sick in their body, struggling, God, with um, um, some sort of infirmity. We, we just come against it now. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray fresh anointing on this word today. And I pray that as you speak to us, that your will for our lives will be clearer than it's ever been before. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, it's going to be a good day. I'm, looking, I'm excited about this word, getting to share this word. And uh, it's a good week, Thanksgiving week, the best week of the year. Somebody say amen if you like Thanksgiving. I do. It's my favorite week. Uh, also, it's cool. Um, my youngest son is back in service with us, Ashton. He's uh, been up in Charleston, South Carolina, at college. So he's back this week for uh, Thanksgiving. It's good to have him here. That's also good. And my... Other son, Jonah, was in first service. I didn't know he was in first service. I thought he was coming to this service. But today is uh, Jonah's 23rd birthday. So happy birthday to my son, Jonah, even though though that would have gone much better in first service for him to hear it. Amen. (laughs) But maybe I'll get credit for still, I just thought he was coming to this service. Amen. Uh, As I was thinking about God's will for you, I remembered back to um, uh, several months ago um, we had ran to lunch, and we were coming back from lunch. And I don't remember who all was in the car, but there was uh, four or five of us uh, staff members in the car. We were coming back from over by the airport area, and we were coming back to uh, to come back to work. And um, I-, I was talking, and we were laughing and having a good time, and wasn't really paying. I wasn't paying like an extreme amount of attention to the actual art of driving at that moment. Uh, but I wasn't being unsafe or anything like that. Now, if somebody in the car has a different um, experience to that moment, whether or not I was being safe, they're wrong and I'm right. Okay, that's all you need to know. But I wasn't paying super close attention to what I was doing because we were just fellowship and, uh, and laughing and just all bi- just biblical things were going on. It was awesome. Um, Well, as we're driving back to the church, um, I did notice that a police car pulled up behind me and then he did turn on his lights. And and let me pause right now because it occurs to me that I've told a couple stories around here that might seem of similar nature. Uh, Listen, I promise. There's been two in the last, like, bunch of years, and I've just told you both of them, right? That's all I'm, that's just, this isn't a regular occurrence for me, and this one turned out okay. I'll just jump to the end of the story. This one turned out okay. But he did pull us over, and he walked up, and uh, he said, hey, what's going on? we you know, uh, I've been following you. And I said, oh, and, and I'm completely shocked that we're even being pulled over. I don't even think we've done anything wrong. I, I can't imagine why he would be pulling us over, and... Um, He says, where are you going? And so I always have to weigh the environment as to whether or not I share kind of what I do and where I do it. But sometimes it works for your advantage. Sometimes it cannot work for your advantage. I decided to go for it. And I said, well, you know what? We're actually headed back to the church. Where we minister. uh, Where we pastor God's flock. No, I don't know. So we're... I began to explain to him like we're headed back, and like my attitude is like I, I, I'm, call, you know, I'm called of God to get back there and do what I'm called to do uh, to, to, to fulfill God's will in, you know, on my life. I'm headed back there. I got meetings, I got things, I'm writing messages. I gotta get back there. So as I'm kind of, that's my attitude. I found that as I'm sharing kind of my part of the story, my attitude, I found that his attitude was a little different than my attitude. I was making about what my, let's say it this way, what my specific will was. And then he kind of started, his attitude was more like this You may have some things that you have to take care of, but the things that you have to take care of still fall under the guidelines of what our state says everyone has to do, of what our maybe what the federal would say everyone has to do. In other words, like, I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, you, you, you rolled through that one stop sign back there, I was like, oh, and I may have, you know, I just didn't realize it. And he goes, and I, but I was gonna let that pass, and he said, but I did start following you, and then you switched lanes without putting a turn signal on, and I, I guess I did, you know, I believed him, uh, I just, I, I wanted to be like, is that actually a law, or is that just suggestion? I didn't know <laughs> for sure. Uh, and then he goes, and then you got here and you turned from the wrong turn lane. And that happens to all of us. Don't, don't get pious on me, how could you dare? Some of y'all do it in the loop every Sunday afternoon. All right. But we had this contrast between my, my personal plan and will and a nation or a state's plan and will for all of us. And here's what I found, now he let me go and it was fine. But it was very, very clear to me that day that my will never supersedes the will of the public from a legal standpoint. You understand what I'm saying? Now here's what we do with with God, is we love to talk about God's specific will for our lives. We love that. We love for to, to sense that God is speaking to me about God wants me to do this and me to do this and for me not to do this and for me not to go and God just lead me into this and should I start the business this month or next month? We love specific will from God and we love it when it comes even with confirmation. Like when someone comes and says, I have a word for you, oh man, we line up for that. Yeah, give me a word from the Lord. Like we love that and I'm, I'm not saying anything against... I believe in the the office of the prophet. I believe in the gift of prophecy that God would give people words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Completely, 100% believe in that. But here's the thing, church, is that those specific or individual wills of God on our life never supersede God's corporate will for Christians. As a matter of fact, I'll say it this way. It's only when we are inside the room, we're inside the atmosphere of God's corporate will that God's specific will starts to unfold in our life. But sometimes we get that backwards. Well, this is one of those times in First Thessalonians chapter 5, this is one of those times, and there are four or five times in the New Testament, probably seven or eight overall in the Bible, where where God's will is, is, is talked about like this. And this is one of those cases where Paul says, for this is God's will for you. Now we're gonna go back and look at what God's will for us is. This is God's will for all of us and this is the corporate will of God for all of us and when we get inside the corporate will of God then we start to unlock God's specific will for our life. Let's look at what it is, verse 16. Rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is it? Pray continually. Rejoice always. Give thanks in every circumstance. Now, if it was just those main concepts, if it was just rejoice, we'd be like, okay, yeah, that's, I can do that. That's natural. Pray, yeah. There's time to times when I really realize that I need to pray. If it was just rejoice pray, and give thanks, we'd be like, yeah, no problem. That kind of comes natural to me. It's when the adverbs are added that it becomes a challenge. Because Paul did not just say rejoice, pray, give thanks. It's not what he said. He said rejoice always. And now in that one we're like, oh, wait, hold up. When? Always? Now that's hard. Pray continually. Pray continually. Does Jesus know I have a job? Like pray continually. What's that mean? Give thanks in all circumstances. It's when those adverb concepts are added to these actions that the challenge comes. But yet it's God's will for us. So we've got to figure this out. Let's look at the first one. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Verse 16, it's, it's all that's in that verse. Rejoice always. Some of you have heard said before that the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. 35, that's actually not the shortest verse in the Bible. This is actually the shortest verse in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen. A little, little trivia there for you. Because in the Greek, Jesus wept is actually three words. But in the Greek and in the English translation, 1 Thessalonians five sixteen in both translations, is two words. Rejoice always always. Shortest verse in the Bible right there. But boy, it may be the shortest verse, but it packs a punch. Rejoice always. A lot of instruction, a lot of, uh, a lot of command, a lot of demands on that two words, on that short verse, rejoice always. What, what, what Paul is saying here is this, is that Christian joy is not based on circumstances. Christian joy is not based on surroundings. Christian joy is not based on how much. Excess, I'm living in or not living in. No, joy has a role in our life. It is a command from God that we are supposed to be happy. You know, Christians should be the happiest people on the planet. I love when some maybe unchurched, maybe somebody that has not yet not yet met Jesus, when they wander into one of our services. And this has happened before. I've heard people say it. They wander in and they kind of go through service and they experience some of you and sometimes they'll walk out and they'll be like, man, everybody was so happy there. And I'm like, yes, we did it. Because you, you want to talk about influence. You want to talk about making an impact on somebody's life. When they're walking through this this. God-forsaken planet, and everywhere they turn, it's gloom and doom and bad news, and they're hating their own life, and they don't have any purpose, and they're, they're just barely mundane, making it from day to day, and they walk into an environment like this where people just have big old sincere, genuine smiles on their faces, and they're just happy. That makes an impact. But you know what else makes an impact? Is when somebody would wear the name Christian and walk around and just be, just be sad all the time. Part of what Paul's doing here when he says rejoice always, he's guarding against this notion that we would always just be in this, in this, in this season of, of, of anger or, or bitterness or that we would just walk around in disappointment, that we would just walk around in discouragement. No, it, we've got to make the choice that we would be joyful people, that we would rejoice Always. Come on, somebody say always. That we would rejoice always. Look at what the role of joy is in our life. Look at some scriptures here. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, that times when you have felt like powerless or weak or like you just don't have any spiritual energy. I don't know if you've thought about the fact of, hey, I need to just decide to have some more joy. I need to decide to rejoice, and then I'll feel the strength of the Lord coming back in my life. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. uh, For God loves a cheerful giver. That's probably the most used quoted verse during offering time across the world, uh, across churches. Like I think it's probably the most common one used here. And I think we think about it this way. We think, oh yeah, because when I'm getting ready to give in the offering, i got to hurry up and get happy about it. And that's true. I mean, that's great. God loves a cheerful giver. But I think it's broader than that. I think it's this, that we as Christians, we're cheerful people. And as cheerful people, giving's not gonna be a problem. So God loves a cheerful, we're cheerful all the time. We just stay happy when it comes time to honor God with our giving. God loves a cheerful giver. Paul said in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. You think, is that enough? He said, no. Again, I say rejoice. And so, not, those are those are just three instances. Do you know that across the Bible? There are over 2,700 verses uh, in moments in the Bible with words like like, like joy, happiness, um, uh, gladness, merriment, uh, pleasure, cheer, laughter, delight, jubilation, feasting, exaltation, and celebration. It seems like God's trying to get a message through to us that, hey, you might have a tendency to let the world kind of steal your joy, but don't. No. We're called. This is God's will for us to be people who rejoice, and there is there is power in just making that decision to be cheerful. Um, it will it'll kind of change environments when you just make that decision. I'm gonna show a video uh, of a, a pastor named John Piper. Good good guy. Don't believe in all doctrinally with him, but uh, he's a, he's a good guy. Matter of fact, I think he he attended service here uh, one time and just uh, sat in the service. Just came in and sat and. Was and we walked out, and we just heard about it afterwards. Good, good guy. Um, but uh, he was preaching, or speaking, not preaching. He was speaking to a, a conference of mental health workers. And uh, at that conference, um, there were some comedians that were scheduled to also be on the stage. So either there were some comedians that had come on before him, or also the, the thought was is that maybe there was a comedian scheduled Uh, after him, but the crowd got mixed up and thought that he was the comedian. Now, John Piper has said about his own speaking, he said, I don't ever really tell jokes when I preach, and so he's like, I'm pretty serious most of the time. So he finds himself in this moment where he is sharing his heart, a serious talk, but the crowd has decided we're jubilant, we're cheerful, we're filled with laughter. And I want you to watch the power of what happens when people have just made a decision. Despite the environment, could just be joyful. Watch
0: what happened in this. I feel uh, honored and humbled and vulnerable and exposed to speak to the American Association of Christian Counselors. I don't think I could think of any other audience that would be more likely to see straight through a speaker then you you would and I take that to be a good thing namely God knows totally all the time whether any speaker is a fraud or a hypocrite so you may as well know as well if he knows it's a wake-up call to speak to people like you I've never done anything like this before a wake-up call to the realities of uh, pretense in my life suspecting that any any attempt at uh, schmoozing would be known right away <laughs> so I thought I would spare you the analysis and just go ahead and tell you up front that um, I'm a sinner And uh, I'm a man who, um, to be more specific, must crucify the love of praise every day. A man who is uh, prone to freeze up emotionally when he's tired and and then feels uh, instinctively justified in blaming it on somebody else. A man who loves to praise God in the, in the great assembly and, and feels a constraint on my spirit in my own living room. A man who has loved his wife for over 40 years imperfectly and spent three of those years with a Christian counselor trying to learn how to be Christ and the church to each other. A man who never feels sure of his motives. Including the ones I feel right now about why I'm doing this. And you're a very strange audience because I totally did not expect laughter. And and I'm continually perplexed. So I guess I'd better just get used to it. This is a serious talk, in case you wonder. But, But. Is strange, so if can just kind of get it out of your system, I, I, I know that you've been set up for an hour and a half, maybe a little differently, but uh, you're just not used to being laughed at, you know.
1: Now, listen, I don't, I don't want you to do that to me if I'm up here just bearing my soul, but it does show the power of joy being by choice and not by chance. And I think that's what Paul is trying to say to all of us. And I, I get it that there are some even today like, and you are really walking through a season that makes it difficult to wear a smile. Like you're, I get it that that's real that maybe, and it, maybe it's something that nobody else even knows you're, you're going through, and so there's this, you, you, you kind of wake up with this heaviness and you go to sleep with the heaviness. I, I get that, but yet, even in those moments, there will be power if you choose to go, no, I am still going to rejoice. I got things I'm dealing with, I got things going on, but I still choose to j- rejoice and be filled with joy. That's God's will for us, to rejoice Always to pray continually. Paul goes on to say, "Pray continually." And by pray continually, Paul is not saying that we are constantly like mumbling prayers that nonstop. We just we are just constantly mumbling prayers. No, the 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 wording here would would imply this that these prayers would be constantly recurring, not constantly occurring. So it's not that it's not that I'm constantly in the in the. Uh, heat of prayer, but yet just that constantly prayer can happen and will happen. See, some of us get this mindset about prayer, and we think, well, prayer can only happen when I, I like, go, and I'll lock everything down, and I'll go in my prayer closet, and I'll have this long uh, time with God, or I pray. Some of you think prayer, like, the only place you pray is church, and you go, well, yeah, church is where I go to pray. That's the kind of mindset that Paul is trying to warn us against when he says, Listen, we should be praying uh, constantly. We should be praying continually. Actually, it's it's, it's funny. He, the word he uses continually in the Greek, in the Greek language, it's a, it's a word that would be in a phrase about coughing all the time. Like if, if someone had a cough that was just constant, it would be the same word. And so you ever had that where you kind of had that persistent cough that it just won't go away? We got good at kind of... Forcing those coughs down a couple years ago when the pandemic was at its height, you weren't allowed to cough for any reason. Like, you clearing your throat got you some funny looks. Like, and I always want to be like, no, I've cleared my throat for decades. Like, this is not. So we got good at kind of, kind of holding that down. But you've ever had that cough, right? That just like shows up when you if you're walking, if you're laying down, sitting down, talking, like it just, it just kind of shows up. That's the kind of description that Paul's using, when he, but he's talking about our prayer life, that our prayer, that our commune with God, I'll say it this way, that we should be in such awareness of the Holy Spirit that we are constantly in communication with him. That's what it means to pray continually, to pray without ceasing. I, I would say it this way, like me and my wife, um, we spend a lot of time together, and she's my favorite person to be with, and there's, just, there's not even a close second, all right? So we, we love spending time together, and uh, every single second that we're together, we're not talking, okay? So, but we could at any moment, we can. Like, so we could be, Uh, uh, alone or we could be in a crowd. We could be in the car or we could be in the house or we could be consuming entertainment or we could be in complete silence. And we both know this, that at any moment we can communicate if something comes up that sparks that. But those momentary bursts of communication, we also understand this, they will never take the place of real meaningful conversation. Both are important. Does that make sense? Matter of fact, the other day, um, I said to her, I I was getting ready to ask her a question and she interrupted me. I said, said, hey, do you know about, and before I could go any further than that, I said, hey, do you know about, and she goes, no. (laughs) I said, I think you do. But the message that she was sending was, you don't tell me much of what's going on. You don't talk to me so much, and so I probably don't know whatever you're getting ready to ask me if I know about. And so I, I heard it, and I'm getting better. Shots fired, made it, mark it down, get better at that. Right? Because these bursts of communication never take the place of meaningful conversation. The same with our prayer life. It's not that we talk, well, prayer is just these little moments where we go, God, where should I park? God, what should I do? God, should I? It's more than that. It is meaningful, carved out time with Jesus, but then within that, also just constant communication with Jesus. When somebody comes up to me and says, hey, pray for me, I got this and that going on. I don't, I don't wait for my prayer closet. I'll do it right then. Because I don't trust myself to even remember. So if someone says it, I'll just, in Jesus' name. Why? How can I do that? Because I'm just walking in commune with God. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. It's like the phone is just always there, off the hook. Like, it's always, the access is always there. You have access to a God who can give you guidance, who you can, that's what praying without ceasing does. It, it kind of guards me against uh, being prideful, being arrogant and thinking I can do this on my own. Do you know that every day that you don't pray, you are sending a message to God? That message is this, God, I got this. I got this. Don't need your help. No, I, I, want, I want many times a day to go, by the way, God, just so you know, I still know I need you. Amen. That's what it means to pray <laughs> continually. I like what Martin Luther said about prayer. People would talk about being too busy to pray. And when he was pressed on how much busyness he had, he said, oh, I have so much to do that I cannot get on without three hours a day of praying. He was saying, I have so much to do that I have to spend three hours a day just to accomplish everything I need to accomplish. Pray without uh, ceasing. But then also, the last one was this, to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, the first two adverbs had to do with time, but this one has to do with context, right? The first two was always and, uh, and, and evermore, and uh, rejoice always, and pray without ceasing, pray continually. This one's not about time. This one says, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I understand something. We're not called to give thanks for all circumstances, but we can give thanks in all circumstances, a thankful spirit may not come naturally to us. Matter of fact, it's so interesting that things that would be blessings to us, they can, just in our nature, they can just turn and be motivation to complain and, 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 and uh, you know, just grumble. And this is what Paul's guarding us against. Another time, we were at lunch actually this week, And we got there at one of my favorite restaurants. And we were excited about eating there. It was eight of us. And we got there and sat down and took us a while to even get our order in. And we got our order in and took a long time. And I had to leave and come back to the church. And so we were kind of watching our watch. And uh, we said, uh, uh, started figuring out, when did we get here? turns out we had been there for a full hour, not a sign of food anywhere. We looked over the table next to us. I said, well, where are they at in the process? Because I saw them walking after us. They were completely done. Wiping their, they're paying the bill, different server. And so it's so easy in those moments to start to go, well, what in the world's going on with this restaurant? Our server is this and our, and it's a moment of, I mean, in a moment we're going to give thanks for the food. But our spirit is grumbling and complaining. Now, listen, if you're one of those people that find it just so natural to complain and criticize, then this is good. This is a good target for you. If you're one of those people that walks into an environment and instead of like enjoying what's great about it, you point, start to point out what's wrong about it. Some of us just have that spiritual gift, let's be honest. And if that's you, then, then you would take this verse to heart today and say, you know what, no. Instead of that attitude, instead of that mindset, I wanna be somebody that gives thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks wherever I'm at and whatever I'm doing. Corey Ten Boom, in her book, The Hiding Place, she wrote about um, one of the um, consecration, one of the uh, camps that, 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 that her and her sister got brought to. They'd just been transferred to uh, this worse prison camp that they, than they had been in ever before. This one was called um, Ravensbrook. And upon arriving there, um, they're taken away by just the conditions. Uh, they get to their barracks. It's overcrowded. It's filthy. Um, and there were fleas everywhere. And so they, they get to this place, Corey and, and her sister, Betsy. And as they arrived there, it was time for their Bible reading and their devotion, which they did every day. And in their Bible reading and devotion, the verse that, uh, that they systematically, as they went through, the verse that they found themselves on on that day, at the first day at that prison camp, was 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. And so Corey's sister, Betsy, starts saying, okay, let's do this. Let's give thanks for everything about this place. Corey Tim Boom says, okay, I, I will. We, we can do that. That's what our prayer time can be. But I will not thank God for these fleas. And her sister challenged her and said, you have to. So she relented. They had a moment of prayer where they said, God, thank you. Thank you for our life. And went down the list. Thank you that we have somewhere to sleep. And they said, God, thank you for these fleas. They ended up being in that prison camp for a couple of months and over that couple of months, they would do these devotions every single day. And after a couple of months, it hit them. They said, man, we've, we have had such freedom here compared to some of the other places that we've had to stay. Other places they would say when they would start to do their devotions or start to pray or worship, guards would come in and shut them down and put that away and maybe, maybe punish them for it. But this one, they had gone two months and they had, had complete freedom to do these devotions and prayer time. And as they started to kind of talk about that, they figured out why. As it turns out, the guards would never come to that section of the camp because of the fleas. The very thing that Corey and her sister, her sister, had implored her to thank God for, that was the thing that gave them the freedom in that horrible environment. They, oh, look at that. They found something to be grateful for that, God, I can have an uninterrupted time with you because of the fleas. In all circumstances, we can find something to be grateful for. And it's important that we do.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.